walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, the hardest part of the ring. Also known as Kyle. Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. Grab your kendo sticks, put on your barbed wire, pile drive your wife. We got some ECW for you. <laughs> we got some ECW for you today on the uh, the old ABP here. ECW Hostel City Showdown, 1995, and uh, man. I'll say, I'll say this about these early ECW shows. At no point in watching these shows am I like, man, this isn't what I thought it would be. <laughs> At no point am I watching these these early ECW shows and I'm like, oh, that's that's a little different than what I, I thought it would. No, nope. When I'm watching ECW in 1995, it is very clear. <laughs> <laughs> that it is ECW. I mean, the the blood, the guts, the syphilis. It's all here. It's all there. And uh, yeah, that's one thing I've noticed so far with these ECW reviews that I've done is that uh, let's just say the tone of the podcast episode uh, fits the tone of the event itself. This show is some classic ECW and I don't know because you know I, I wasn't an ECW watcher as a uh, as a wee child so Hostile City Showdown it didn't really strike me as like oh man that's the that's a monumental show that's a landmark show but after watching it there are a ton of uh, major happenings that occur either on the show or immediately after when I say that I mean there's a lot of people who uh, I, I believe at least this is their last ECW show, including some uh, major stars at this point, uh, leaving the company to go to the WWF or wherever. And um, some huge rivalries continuing or kicking off on this show. Obviously, you know, as per usual, we got the Rotten Brothers just bludgeoning each other. By the way, if you are not aware of the Rotten Brothers and their rivalry... They've had matches on pretty much every show thus far in my review. And if you're like, man, I would love uh, to hear me about the Rotten Brothers and their bloody battles. Why don't you go over to apronbop.com? You can go to the episodes tab, select ECW, and that'll bring you to all of my ECW 
episodes that I've done thus far, all the way back to uh, their first ever Extreme Championship Wrestling show, which was November to remember 1994. And uh, but yeah, like I said, we got blood. We got world title matches, tag team title matches. We got Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk in the main event, for God's sakes. And man, after watching that latest Dark Side of the Ring with Onita's FMW, it's got me juiced up to talk about some Terry Funk. So I am ready to get into it. But first, I gotta. Well, first of all, actually, I gotta say. So you'll notice, or I've noticed. Maybe you haven't noticed, but I noticed that I have a very distinct uh, morning voice. <laughs> like in the beginning of the episode, it might seem like I'm a bit sleepy. But I promise you, I kick in <laughs> very quickly. Uh, it wasn't even that early in the morning when we recorded. It was like 11 a.m. But uh, I, I did I did stay up late the night before just in a fucking YouTube rabbit hole. Let me let me tell you this. Right. Do you did you know that there's people? So I, I watched like a lot of, you know, believe it or not, I watch stuff that's not wrestling sometimes. And uh, another thing I'm into watching is uh, workout videos, um, fitness type of stuff. And uh, I stumbled upon a video where a guy. So this guy, I forget what his name is. Who cares? But he basically it's he, he has a friend that takes steroids, right? It's fine. It's cool. Uh, but this man does not want to take steroids. I don't know if it's, he doesn't want to pop a, a drug test or what it is. Uh, so his solution is that he's going to have his friend uh, jerk off into a cup and then he's going to drink his semen. I think he puts like, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the little squirt, little flavor squirts that you put in your drink. He basically you know, mixes that along with the semen. Um, then I guess his, his theory was that he would uh, kind of reap the benefits of the steroids by drinking uh the semen of uh, a man that does steroids, his buddy there. Um, they didn't actually show it on the YouTube video. Uh, apparently he has an OnlyFans. So, I mean, that was the whole idea. You know, I was like, oh, man, only I got paid for it. So, like, so I had to go get my credit card and put that in so I could, you know, it was the whole thing. But that that's basically why I was up late. Um which maybe resulted in me sounding a bit tired in the beginning, but I promise you it kicks in. Uh, but if you have a problem with it, just blame uh, the man that drank semen. But speaking of drinking semen, my guest on this show, Matt Ritter from the Smacking It Raw, from the Smacking It Raw podcast, joining me on this episode, returning to the show. Uh, last time I had him was actually uh, another ECW show, the show I brought up earlier, November to Remember go check that out in the archives a really great episode but that was uh the like i said earlier the first ever extreme championship wrestling show so it's interesting to kind of get his thoughts on the uh the evolution thus far i guess it's only been like six or so months but uh there are there have been changes there have been a lot of changes and they're already uh evolving as a company so uh but like I said, the Smacking It Raw podcast, you can check that out uh, on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts uh, at Matt Ritter on Twitter. Uh, info in the description below. But basically, you can go to his Twitter. There's a link tree in the bio. You can click that and you can find all of their content. 
um, as well as creationworld.com and on Pornhub, because as we all know, they are the number one wrestling podcast on porn on Pornhub. So very on brand with this episode. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Matt and his co-host Vince, uh, among other guests that they bring on this show, they kind of run down the week in wrestling, all the major show, all the major shows, and all the scuttlebutt backstage, all the news and rumors, and occasionally, about once a month, they'll do a return to wrestling episode where they are covering. Old school WCW, which, by the way, they had me on their latest episode, Bash at the Beach 1996. So check out that episode that just recently dropped. Um, So it's fun to kind of uh, because obviously if you listen to my show, you know, I'm covering WCW, but I'm roughly a year behind that. So it's kind of cool to get a little snapshot uh, a year ahead of where I am. And Bash at the Beach obviously is uh one of, if not the biggest show WCW ever had in hindsight. So really fun time with uh, Matt and his another one of his co-hosts, Travis, on that show. So go check that out. And uh, let's get into it, folks. ECW, Hostile City Showdown with myself and Matt Ritter from the Smackin' It Raw podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. So how do you think this show compared to uh, so Hostile City what the fuck is the show called? Hostile City Showdown? That was it, right? Yeah, I think so. Or Takeover. Whatever the show was. How do you think it compared to uh, November to Remember? I'm going to have to go November to Remember. This was like a weird... It was like watching the best of Backyard Wrestling Volume 1. Yeah. Like <laughs> on DVD. The transitions right. were fucking weird. I felt like they started every match except for maybe one or two like mid-match. For some reason, was, there were no yeah, fucking entrances. Because you're all like, mm-hmm. hey, here, watch it here, and you'll hear the actual entrance music. And then there was no fucking entrance music <laughs> except for, like, two okay. people. Typically, you do, but this was a weird... I don't know what was going on with this show, but... No, you're, no there's actually a few entrances, but, yeah, you might as well have just watched it on Peacock with how, how little entrances there were. Yeah, dude, it was insane. Because I even went, like, I went to go look, and I'm like, maybe the Peacock version just got shit shortened or edited right. or whatever so let me Cut go check out. yeah so i started it on peacock then i went and watched the link you sent me and it was uh-huh. the same shit and i'm like nope i'm just gonna go back to watch it on peacock then fuck this yeah. shit. <laughs> honestly the quality wasn't that different between the two because i turned on the uh the link that i sent and i was like wow this is this actually looks a little shittier than i remember so let me go to peacock and see if it's any better and it, it honestly wasn't so um and like the the time it was only like a two minute difference between the two, so I was like, oh, I wonder what they cut out because there, like you said, there were a few matches in this card that just cut mid match. So I was like, oh, maybe in Peacock they probably just cut these matches out, but they didn't, from what I saw. So yeah, um, it's a weird one. It's no, it really one. was. But uh, also, why the fuck does Paul Heyman book all of his world title matches in the middle of the card? <laughs> like I understand that yeah, yeah, yeah. tonight was about the main event, which we'll talk about. Like I get that, but. Every show I've seen from ECW, and I think everyone I've heard you talk about, Shane Douglas mm-hmm. is in the middle of the card defending his title, not in the main event. No, you're 100% right. And it's always like like the show we covered, it was against Ron Simmons in like a one-off mm-hmm. match. And then he faced off, he defended it against Tully Blanchard randomly in like a really terrible match. And then uh, Sandman, last, last show, we got a rematch on this show. See, so yeah, it's weird. I guess in the tag team titles, 
I guess I can't be too mad at that. The tag team titles are kind of portrayed more as the uh, the main event belts. I guess at this point, public enemy is more over than uh, Shane Douglas. But your favorite tag team, a, public enemy. Nah, 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 nah. Everybody, nah, 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 nah. we're all having fun. <clears throat> Actually, the pit bulls are probably uh, soon to be my favorite. I love, I love me a pit bull every now and well, then. Well, I mean, we know who your favorite ECW guy is. So, is it Taz's balls? No, no, no. And we didn't get those on the show either. So that was a oh, disappointment fuck, for did. me. God. I'm sitting here watching. And I'm like, the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Who's my favorite ECW guy? Your favorite ECW guy is the Shah. Hack oh, Myers. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just so many people I love. It just kind of, kind of just gets uh, all muddled together. But uh, you know, <laughs> so yeah, this show it was a weird one, but it's actually kind of a landmark show in a lot of ways, and we'll get to that, uh, especially in terms of the world title match and uh because we got a few people on this card that will not be in ecw much longer so um pretty uh monumental when it comes to that but uh speaking of monumental we got mikey whipwreck versus steve richards Dude. <laughs> not not stevie richards not steven richards steve richards versus mikey whipwreck uh, so when you saw Steve Richards and his Daisy Dukes, did you get chubbed up a little bit? No, um, I've seen Steven Richards and his Daisy Dukes enough to where uh-huh. it's like, if you go find an old playboy that you've jerked off to a hundred times that you haven't seen in maybe five years, it's not going to get you as excited as something new. This is our age gap because I could, I can't wrap my head around jacking off to a picture. So <laughs> I know you had to do, I don't know, did you like move the picture to like kind of, you know, animate Listen, it a little bit? Did you wrap it around before, your, your, before your Johnson? Before the internet and the access to porn that we have so frequently, uh, you uh-huh. took what you could. Uh, if you were lucky to get a nudie mag. Sometimes you were jerking off to the JCPenney's uh, lingerie section if that was the <laughs> case. So, you know, you got what yeah. you could. Can, can I tell you the first porn I ever saw? Sure. Was, um, so it was on like whatever channel 77. It wasn't a channel that we got, but we had the uh, it was the uh, what do you call it? The static, I guess. Yeah. Like I would watch wrestling pay-per-views that way sometimes, too. But there was like a porn channel, I guess. And uh, every once in a while it would get clear and you would see mm-hmm. what was happening. And when it got clear, it was uh, a lady that had peanut butter all over her backside. Um. <laughs> And the guy was like eating it off of her. So for for a while, I thought that's what sex was. That you you put peanut butter on a, on a gal's uh, rear end, and then uh, and then licked it off, and then a baby came out of her butt. So so, at what point did you find find out that that was not what sex was? Well, my fiance was able to let me know <laughs> when when I <laughs> whipped out the jiffy. I was like, get ready for a sexy night, hon. She she got a. A little confused. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no, I know exactly what you're talking about because you'd see it, but it would still be like in distorted colors where their bodies would be right. like green or pink, but you yes. get a clear image. So, right. yeah. um, peanut butter though. That's, that's, that's interesting. I think it was peanut butter. It could have been one of those things. It could be like the Mandela effect where I like, all right, that's what I remember, but it might've been like, 
shaving cream, whipped cream. I don't know why it would be shaving cream. I was, was going to say, if that, he's but... eating shaving cream <laughs> off her backside, she's got a hairy ass and he's got a weird face. <laughs> Maybe I was just watching a razor commercial this whole time. But speaking of eating uh, shaving cream off someone's hairy ass, Hack Myers shows up in this <laughs> He sure does. So the match uh, happens. I don't know why this match was as long as it was, first of all. So, uh, and we got Raven ringside accompanying Stevie or S- Steve. And then we have uh, no one with Mikey, at least in the beginning. So the match gets underway. Uh, Mikey gets Steve in some headlocks or whatever the fuck. Uh, then Mikey hits the ropes. Raven trips him up. And then this causes Mikey to say, hey, fuck this. So he leaves the ring, goes backstage and grabs Hack Myers Brings him out there to have his back. Normally, you just they, he would come out, but I guess they did the whole thing. You know, Mikey had to go. You know, let him know whatever had to stop hacking whatever he's doing backstage. God knows only what he's doing. Um, so now we have Hack has the back of Mikey, whip rack, and uh, so now the match continues. Is it's raps? That's why they call me Kyle Raps. Um, but they called you Kyle Bars. I'm a man of many names. You know this. That That is true. Like, pretty kind. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so ultimately, Mikey uh, counters a powerbomb attempt into a herd Karana onto Stevie, and that gives him the win. So, Mikey Whipwreck wins, but this causes Raven to get in there and attacks Mikey right after the bell, and then Hack, the Shah of ECW, of course, gets in there. Crowd goes wild. Chanting Shaw after every punch that Hack Myers throws. Um, but God damn, those goddamn pit bulls are here. The numbers game's catching up. So the pit bulls team up with uh, Raven and Steve. I guess it's kind of like a flock type of stable they got going on here. And uh, Raven kind of just looks on as these guys beat up on Hack and Mikey. But then uh, the hop stepper. na 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 Public Enemy comes out and then uh, clears the ring. So now Public Enemy, Mikey Whipwreck, Hack Myers, they're all in the ring. They're the king of the mountain here. And then, uh, yeah, so that was a match. (laughs) Sometimes I'm not sure, honestly. So, yeah, uh, four stars, five stars. What do you give this this opening match? So two things. One, I don't understand how Hack Myers is so over. And I don't understand how the fact that he's so over he doesn't like he's not part of my ECW like he's not one of the ECW originals he didn't stay around like yeah. he was never ECW champion like this is the most over guy in the fucking company right now people love him like it's him and public enemy that's it also i couldn't understand a goddamn word that anyone said on the microphone out unless they were using Joey <laughs> Styles microphone the audio was so bad yeah, yeah but it looked like public enemy robbed Mikey Whipwreck at the end of that or Hack Myers at the end of that segment yeah, I couldn't tell. Yeah, like you said, you couldn't hear a goddamn thing. and It only gets worse throughout the show. Um, so I didn't really didn't see it. It looked like so I didn't really Rocco Rock went in his pocket, grabbed his wallet. And they said something about how much money he had in his wallet, took it and dropped the wallet on him. Like you came out <laughs> to save the guy and then you robbed him. That's that's the fee. It's like the APA. You'd pay them to have your back. So it's just okay. kind of the after the is ask for forgiveness. Not, you so, know, so what you're saying is. Saying is APA stole Public Enemy's gimmick. <laughs> well, that's why they had to show them what's what. You know, they they uh, 
they ripped it from them, I guess. Yeah. When when the public enemy came to WWF, man, just adds a whole other layer to it. I enjoy it. it. Uh, but yeah, no, you make a good point about Hack Myers because I'm I'm very confused because I I had never heard of him until Maybe. I started watching these shows, and like you said, he's super over. So I'm wondering what happened. He didn't die until like ECW was over, I think. Um, which by the way, Hack Myers has passed away. Yeah, pay respects. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so I'm curious to see what happens to him. Maybe he gets a weird gimmick change or uh, maybe Sandman and all that shit because we still got like RVD coming in and Taz still like has a lot of transformations to go. So I, he might just get lost in the shuffle. might be that kind of thing. But Maybe Hack Myers is Taz, which means technically we did get Taz's package. We just didn't realize it. Maybe it's like a Mankind Dude love sort of thing, except he gets taller and grows hair. Now that's that's ahead of its time, if I've ever seen it. But speaking of ahead of its time, and speaking of huge star, we got Tony Stetson versus Subo Genjin. <clears throat> What's your favorite Subo Genjin match? Um, it has got to be the classic from um International Japan Wrestling back in 1974 between Bull Nakano and Subo Jensen or Genjin. Uh huh. Um, where they went three hours. Um, wow. And the first two hours were literally just a lockup. It was amazing. Man, I mean that. I'd get five stars today if you know what Absolutely. I'm saying. But uh, as long as it's in somewhere and over there. But uh. <laughs> So Subo Genjin, if anybody is not aware of this this legend, I'm sure. Um, I don't know. When I saw him, I just thought of Charlie from Get Show if he took all his clothes off and put on face paint. But um, otherwise, so, I don't really know what you compare him to. Basically the way he is in your basement right now. Look, we don't need to bring that up while we're recording. I told you to leave that on uh, the down low. So I'd appreciate um, you just never mention you, it again. You talked about it on my show. On recording. Yeah, but I mean, that's on Pornhub, so people are busy okay, jerking so off and listening to us. When we're not so on really Pornhub, no talking it. about the man you keep in your basement, nude and in face mm-hmm. paint, that you occasionally feed to keep alive. Right. That is strictly restricted. We can only talk about that when Johnny Sins is in the next uh, little window below us. So, Does the softest part of the ring know about the man in the basement, and is she okay with it? So we got Tony Stetson versus Subo Genshin. <laughs> Dude, this was a short fucking match. Like I said, it felt like it started in yeah. progress. You had that stupid static transition that you got before every match. It's just like mm-hmm. public enemy drops the wall, and then all of a sudden it goes, and then it's like match in progress. And it lasted maybe like 30 seconds. Why is it even included at that yeah. point? Like, it's obviously a squash match, and I don't know what what, what happens to Subo Genjin here. Like, he doesn't amount to anything, at least as far as I know. So he maybe he's Taz. a member of Kayentai. Oh, <laughs> this match is just an Eddie Murphy, and everybody is yeah. is Taz. Everyone's okay. Taz. I see. Is a, is a, uh, oh my God, what's the fucking movie? Nutty Professor. This is a Nutty Professor situation, but everybody is Taz. I like it. I like it. Um, but yeah, like you speaking said, this, ma- this is professor. literally speaking a nutty professor. 
Uh, yeah, like you said, it's like a 30 set. It cuts mid match. Subo's just getting choked on the ropes. And it's a weird finish. Like Subo is in the corner. Tony Stetson, who I believe is a member of uh, the bad. Uh, not the bad news bears. What What is their team name co- called? <laughs> <laughs> the bad. Uh, oh, I'm going to look it up. It's going to piss me off. Not the bad breed. Uh, we get that later. They were literally on the last show I covered, but I already forgot what their name, their team name is. My thoughts immediately went to the newest bad news bears. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, yeah, I was thinking of him and Billy Bob Thornton. And then I'm like, well, no, it's the nineties. Yeah. It would have been Walter Matthau. Uh-huh. The Broad Street Bullies. So he's one half of the Broad Street Bullies, a.k.a. Everise from the 90s. So that's, uh, I'm sorry, 2.0 from the yeah, 90s. 2.0. Um, I don't Get know why. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's Subo just hits him with a kick and then hits him with a weird leg drop and gets the win. And then it just cuts immediately after that. So, again, it's like, why is this included? No idea. Um, don't worry. We get something of more substance after this. The Bad Breed, so the show we covered, November to Remember, I believe was the last tag team match that these guys had teaming together, so they're brothers, uh, obviously, per the, the same last names. So yeah, we got Ian Rotten, Rotten versus Axel Rotten, and uh, they've, ever since then, have had a match on every show, and every show pretty much has a different gimmick uh, associated to it, a different stipulation. Uh, they had a, a strap match. They had a barbed wire baseball bat match. They had a hair versus hair match. Um, and they have more matches coming up after this. But basically here, it cuts to uh, Axel Rotten, who is in the ring. I can finally tell these guys apart, kind of. Axel Rotten is in the middle of the ring cutting a promo. And this is one of the few times where you can kind of like understand what they're saying out there. I, I wouldn't have pinpointed Axel Rotten as the most articulate guy in the company, but he's like talking and I can understand him. He's basically like, so he has a trash can in the ring with various items in it. And he's like, all right, you've seen me and my brother have uh, matches all, all over the place or I guess just in this one place, whatever, whatever he said, but he's like, you guys get to pick what the stipulation is. And then he pulls out a strap. He's like, do you want to see this kind of match? And the crowd's like, boo, and then he's like, you want to see a loser leaves town match? And they're like, boo. Um, and then he pulls out a baseball bat, just a regular baseball bat. And they're like, boo. And then he pulls out a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. And he's like, you want to see this? And the crowd goes bananas. So uh, basically it's like, or, or do you want to see a match with all, all this stuff in this here trash can? And they're like, you sure we sure do. So uh, I guess he calls it what a bad breed, uh, jizz bag Death match or match. something. So yeah, so he blew his yeah. load a little early there with the barbed wire baseball bat. Like I, I think he was yeah. expecting to get a boo and then get the big pop for the death match. What I love mm-hmm. about this, and I had an analogy, but I realize you're 12, so I can't use it. So I'll I'll use something more recent. Um, okay. It's basically kind of like this new uh, New Day Undertaker movie where it's a choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. Um. He allowed the crowd to pick what they were going to get to enjoy tonight. So they had options. It was multiple choice, if you will, from uh, actual rotten crotch. So I enjoy that. Yeah. No, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that fan participation, even though it's kind of silly at this point, that's like uh, he had him in the palm of his hand, let me tell you. Um, then Ian Rotten comes out. 
newly bald because uh, he lost the previous match that they had and had to have his head shaved, which I would argue he looks a little bit better as a bald man, but that's just me. Um, so this match, I mean, it's a rotten match. You kind of know what you're going to get. Um, just insanity. So the barbed wire baseball bat is like the main takeaway here because we've all seen it. Like even in like semi-modern WWE, we've seen a barbed wire baseball bat. But in this instance, like it was getting used so much that eventually the barbed wire would like unravel from it. So what would happen is someone would swing the bat and they would get hit with it. And then the, the barbed wire would like wrap around their body and then they nope. would take the bat by the handle and just fucking yank it. And that that was the worst part of this whole like this is probably the first match in my rewatch of ECW where I've had to like look away at some points because that was sickening when they had like ripped the barbed wire out of them. Do you know where this match took place? Uh, was it Philly? I'd hope it was Philly. Philly is the only place you should have a match like this. Yeah, I mean, I would assume, right? Isn't that like pretty much the only place they ran shows? At least well, at this no, point, I, I think it was. I just meant this match specifically because Philly is the city of brotherly love. And they're brothers in a death match. I wrote that specifically for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, Christ. No, actually, what I love about this is when I see guys like Axel and Ian Rotten, Grouch, uh, wrestle, I feel like I could have been a wrestler. Like, I still could be a wrestler, even with, like, my gimp ankle and, you know, all that uh, at 34. Like, if these guys could do it in the shape they're in, I could do it. Easily. Easily. Have you you a manager of some sort? That's all you really need. I need a much more attractive manager than me. Um, probably someone with a name like uh, Kenny. <laughs> just yeah, you know, I mean, kind of just pulling out of thin air, you know. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much the the gist of the, what. What else? I'm trying to see any other notes I had on this. Yeah, it was a lot. Like they would like take the barbed wire, like some of it would fall off, and they'd like whip each other with it or like wrap it around each other's face. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Like after all this, Axel pulls out the leather strap. And starts whipping them. And at that point, it's like, what, what are you doing? Like, the crowd's not reacting to it. Like, we, we literally just saw you put stab him repeatedly with barbed wire. Like, I would take a leather strap. You know what I'm saying? I was say, so, that's like going from double penetration to missionary in a porno. Like, exactly. You can't go backwards. You, you got to go up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my life's motto, after all. Uh, but the finish comes when uh, Axel takes the bat. Or what happens here? There's so much nonsense in this match. It was a garbage oh, match. So it was it was a garbage match with a lot of blood and a lot of yep. brothers beating brothers. Yep. So, yeah. So Axel hits a DDT like 10 minutes into the match, which I think is like the only wrestling move that we see. Um, misses a fist drop from the second rope. And then Ian takes advantage and wraps some of the loose barbed wire around the face of Axel and then hits him in the head with a chair as this barbed wire is wrapped around his face and that gives Ian the win. So, uh, yeah, just one of many garbage death matches that these guys would have, but, uh, pretty entertaining for what it was. Oh no, it was entertaining as all hell outside of the fact that, you know, it was shot in the nineties and you could being used to like 
1080 HD or 4K. It was a little mm-hmm. jarring to watch this, but uh, for what it was, like I said, backyard uh, wrestling, best of. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I mean, you tune into ECW, and we kind of talked about this. We didn't really get that hardcore deathmatch stuff on the like every right match that we watched on the first show that we watched. There was some sort of interference, but this is kind of what you expect when you hear ECW from the way people talk about ECW is what we got here. So this is like what you'd expect to get was blood and barbed wire and straps and trash cans and maybe a wrestling move or two. Yeah. And yeah, these, so the rotten feud is kind of, I feel like what transitioned ECW from Eastern championship wrestling to extreme championship wrestling. Cause like you said, I mean, they were they were teaming on the show we covered, so they obviously didn't have a match against each other. And yeah, like you said, no really deathmatch kind of bloody brawls on that show. But once these brothers started fighting against each other, they like kind of figured out they had a formula. So that's why they kind of have a a match on every show at this point. Eventually, they have a uh, a Taipei deathmatch, which if you're not aware, that's the one where they have like a broken glass stuck to their wrist tape. And um. I only know about this match because it was on one of the DVDs they put out. It was like bloodiest battles in ECW history. <laughs> so I don't know if that's like the culmination of all this or if it's just one of many. But um, yeah, the, the Rotten Brothers are a uh, they're pioneers of what ECW would become for sure. Um, speaking of that, got some pioneers right here. I got Tommy Dreamer versus Raven. What's up? Got a problem with this? So I've seen this. But I've seen the good edited version where they cut down almost everything Steven Richards had to say. (laughs) So, like, I know the story. I know what's going on here. I've heard this before. But listening to Steven, like, lay out this scenario in full, it was fucking god awful. And I'm like, I I, I could barely understand Steve. What what did he say? He was kind of like laying out the backstory between these guys, right? Essentially... Tommy Dreamer was a jock who used to Mm -hmm. pick on Raven and also pick on like they, they had a childhood rivalry from summer camp. So apparently when they say childhood and the way fucking they were talking, Joey Styles was talking about it, it made it sound like when they were like fucking 10. So they have hated each other since they were 10 years old and Tommy Mm -hmm. used to pick on Raven and blah, 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 blah. And also there was apparently a fat girl by the name of Beulah McGillicuddy that Tommy also used to pick on for being disgustingly fat. And Mm -hmm. these are his words, not mine. But look, everyone, it's okay. She lost a bunch of weight, and now she's a penthouse pet, so we're going to hang out with her. Not like we liked her even though she was fat. We didn't care that she was fat. It's like, no, she got hot, so now we're going to hang out with her because she was in penthouse, which she actually was. Are Are you trying to tell me that this doesn't age well? No, not at all. Uh, and so like the weird thing also is I thought this happened like a lot of the stuff I feel like happened much later in ECW was like part of the prime of ECW. I feel like 95 is not the prime of ECW. So it's like weird watching this and be like, Oh, this happened at hostile city showdown 1995. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I'm with you. Like, cause this, this feud started even like, it was like early 95. This feud started. And I'm with you. I was like, man, I thought this happened a lot later. But when you really like look at what happened on this show, I mean, there's there's some landmark stuff that happens on this show with the, the world title, 
with people leaving um, the main event even. So um, Hostile City Showdown, it seems like kind of an under the radar show, but there's a lot of stuff happening on here. Um, So we got Tommy Dreamer versus Raven here. And um, so (laughs) Tommy Dreamer comes out. Raven meets him in the aisle They start brawling. And I was very confused at this. So they fight like down the aisleway, like to the stage. And then they go through this like door that's at the top of the ramp. For what reason? Did they just do that so Tommy could blade behind a door? Uh, probably. The one bit of credit I will give Hostile City Showdown over November to Remember is they actually have more than one camera angle. So I don't know if you yes. remember, but November to Remember, there was literally just a stationary camera and we saw one angle the entire show. There's mm-hmm. a fucking camera cut. So they got they they made some money, got a second camera guy, figured the shit out. Up. We could actually follow these people to where they're going. So like they can't just walk off camera and then they're gone doing some right. shit. Um but yeah. I guess to blade, like maybe Tommy had to do a quick bump before he came back out. So maybe maybe you're a, saying he cut himself hard way. Maybe he like threw him because it seemed like a stairwell that they went into. Maybe he like threw himself down a flight of stairs to kind of maybe it's what he needed. Maybe he, he prefers that over taking a blade to his head, which, you know, teach their own. But uh, let me ask you, what is your uh, what was your favorite weapon used in this match? Uh, so I got I got a few. I mean. It's hard to pick because, again, this is one of those staples of ECW that I absolutely love where it's bring a weapon to work night where everyone just shows Uh up at the arena with different shit and you can hit them. And also between the Axel and Rotten match and then my favorite weapon that I saw in the main event, uh, this match got a little lost in the shuffle for me. Um, And I'm sure you know what my favorite weapon that I saw in the main event was. Of course, yes. But I mean... Yeah, we had that in the main event, but here we had uh, a plastic dinosaur get involved. I don't know if you caught that, but uh, that was good. I, think, I believe T- Tommy smashed Raven in the balls with a plastic dinosaur. It looked like Rex from Toy Story, maybe. Um, then uh, I guess someone brought a carton of eggs, a full does, and uh, Tommy that. takes it and uh, smashes this carton of eggs over Raven's head. Um, a kitchen sink gets involved, of course, because why yes, wouldn't it? Yes, yes, Lots of lots of Tom foolery in this. Lots of Tom Dreamer foolery in this match. Uh, but in the ring, uh, some wrestling happens, I guess. Uh, Raven hits Tommy with two DDTs, but it's only a two count. Amazingly, um, they fight to the outside. Tommy Dreamer hits Raven with his DDT on the concrete, rolls him in the ring so he can make the pin. But that goddamn Steve Richards gets in there and breaks it up, which causes Tommy Dreamer to DDT Steve. And then Tommy's just, he has all this momentum and adrenaline going, his blood's pumping, his cock's hard. So he DDTs the referee. He's just throwing out DDTs willy nilly to everybody. Uh, can't be tamed. And then Beulah McGillicuddy gets in there. She's not happy with them. She's probably like, well, this, this gentleman, he's not going to hit a lady. Right. So uh, what does Tommy do? He grabs her by the head, pile drives the shit out of her and not the good way that they do today because they're married. Right. Yes. I would assume they do pile driver position. Um, But uh, yeah, so Tommy pile drives Beulah after DDT and the referee 
uh, Steve Richards, Raven, everybody. And then I think, I don't even know if this match really has a finish. It kind of just ends, right? So when Steven Richards comes in, Joey Styles starts yelling about a DQ. And I'm like, what the, f- when is, how is yeah, there a yeah. DQ in ECW, Joey, first off? Mm-hmm. Second off, how is Tommy Dreamer the good guy? Literally, <laughs> you've got two people out here who are like, this guy was a dick and treated us like shit. And then Tommy just storms out, mad that they're spilling his business out for the world to see, attacks these two, DDTs the ref, and then takes a girl that he used to pick on as a child and pile drives her in the middle of the ring, and the crowd loves it. I also have it on very good authority that since growing two ponytails, there's no pile drivers in Tommy Dreamer's life anymore. (laughs) Beulah is fairly uh, offended by the double ponytail and dumb shit that comes out of his mouth. He's probably the one getting pile driven at this point in his life. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, as far as him being the good guy, Tommy, I think that's like representative of the uh, the crowd they're going for, I guess, which they're they're the crowd that likes to pile drive women and doesn't like fat chicks. So ECW 1995 thought that back then when Tommy Dream was one of the biggest baby faces ever, this story would be very telling of how his future would go. Because clearly, a man who belittled and pile drove fat chicks was not going to be the good guy we all thought he was in 2021 before Mm. he, you know, said what he said. Ah, you know. He's the innovator of violence. So it's all all good, I think. I think that's how that works. Um, But yeah, definitely a a really, like, this match kind of shows the transition, again, that ECW is kind of taking because Tommy Dreamer is still kind of like, Kind of, sort of, the pretty boy guy, but I think this feud plays a lot to him becoming more of that that hardcore guy that everybody remembers him from, and obviously Raven would be a huge part of ECW, and this is where he starts, so uh, really kicking off something uh, big for the company here, pile drivers aside. Um, but the, and speaking of what made ECW great, this next match... The ECW World Television title on the line. We have the champion, Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. Who? So this, this is a very, uh, very different match than the matches we've seen thus far. But I think that's like, that kind of illustrates, again, like what made ECW so good is because you would have the garbage wrestling, like the Rottens hitting each other with barbed wire. You would have the the crazy storylines with Beulah McGillicuddy and all that stuff. But then you have like legit wrestling here. And I feel like this match kind of had ebbs and flows. There were a few points in this match that I thought it was kind of like, okay, are we just like taking a nap here? But when this match was hot, it was hot. But uh, I guess overall, what were your thoughts on this match? So whenever Paul Heyman talks about ECW, like you said, and they talk about, oh, well, ECW wasn't just hardcore. Like we had this and we had that. It was all in 1995 before they got big. Like they, all these really talented wrestlers, the the Benoits, the Guerreros, the Malinkos, the Mysterios, Psychosis, they all left, and you hung on to all the garbage wrestling when you got big. But mm-hmm. it is part of the ECW history. It's just very early shit. Because like I think we saw some of this in November to remember with Benoit. So it does exist, yeah. but this is not the ECW that you think of or remember. It was a nice break amongst all of the chaos that we saw throughout the night to actually like sit down and watch a real wrestling match outside of that classic 30 second with uh, 
Shudo Genjin. Like, I'm with you though. It it ebbed and flowed. There were there were slow points. There were down points. But when it was hot, it was hot. It's Guerrero and fucking Malenko, or as they call them, the shooter. So it's gonna be fucking good. Yeah, and like, cause like it starts off red hot. Like, cause we we had just got done watching, like I said, trash cans and barbed wire and fat old guys with receding hairlines like trying to wrestle and now we got these two young up-and-comers that have wrestled all around the world here and like the counter wrestling like the lucha libre type stuff the submissions that they were bringing out here like there was like a uh like a back and forth in the beginning of the match that like brought the crowd to their feet like they love this shit but at some point and i also noticed in this match like something was going on in the crowd Mm -hmm. i I don't know if like if there was like somebody fighting or if somebody was like chanting something that people didn't like, I don't know if you caught what it was or not, but the crowd was definitely distracted at one point. I know the crowd was chanting, throw him out. And I am trying to figure out what egregious action you could commit in front of a crowd that chanted for a (laughs) fat girl to get pile driven or an ex fat girl to get pile driven and loves hack Myers as much as they do. Mm Like, did you shower before the show and someone found out? <laughs> did you apply deodorant? Like, I'm trying to figure out what they could have done in this arena to offend everyone else to the point that they wanted to see this man thrown out or woman. They were probably chanting like Mantar or Lex Luger or something. Yeah, it's probably what it's probably why they didn't like it. Um, But I don't know if this is like deliberate, but like just speaking about Eddie Guerrero and how good he was at like like working with the crowd, responding to the crowd because they're obviously distracted by whatever is going on. So at this point, I believe it's Eddie that just has like an arm bar on Dean. Like nothing's happening in the ring, but I I think it's because they don't want to do anything of substance while the crowd is distracted. Maybe that's me looking too much into it, but that's pretty much how it played out. Um, And there's also a point just with how good Eddie is. Like they do the spot that like him and Ray would often do where it's like a uh he would pull him like the halloween havoc spot where he would like basically propel him with his feet and they would do mm-hmm. like a backflip and he'd land on his shoulders and he'd flip out like that whole deal it looks like they try to do that here but i don't know if dean just doesn't get enough momentum or whatever it kind of gets fucked up but eddie is so good that like he just turns it into like a uranagi kind of move and it almost yeah. doesn't even look like they fucked it up so like that kind of stuff is what makes eddie guerrero and dean malenko for that matter like so good at what they do well i was gonna say even though dean malenko is a former cruiserweight champion he has never been the the high flyer style luchador cruiserweight champion i don't feel like yeah uh he has the movement the the body movement to pull off the things that a Rey mysterio can pull off and that was not the guy right. i would have tried that with no but uh i feel like he figured it out once he got to wcw like what his style was um but yeah, lots of like the just like the basic wrestling in this match really stood out just because of what it's surrounded by. So they uh, like Dean Malenko is wrapping up Eddie like a pretzel with some crazy submissions. Um, Eddie fights back. hits a beautiful power bomb, a tornado DDT. Uh, they trade brain busters. Eddie hits his frog splash like all this stuff. The crowd's really eating it up because like you said, it started hot. And then there was like a point where it was just like slow rest holds. But then towards the end, it kind of picked up with all these these spots here. Eddie, it's a frog splash for two. I guess it's not his finisher at this point. 
Dean hits a uh, tiger powerbomb, goes to lock in the cloverleaf, but Eddie counters into a roll-up for a two-count, and then they keep trading roll-ups and counters and different pin combinations. Um, ultimately, no one's able to kind of get the advantage, but the crowd, like I said, they're into this. Like they, That brought them up to their feet, like all these counters and stuff, so it shows that they can appreciate this kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, but ultimately, the, uh, the bell rings, 30-minute... Time limit draw, which is uh, very, very timely. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. What are are your thoughts on time limit draws in general? Uh, They get five stars from Dave Meltzer. I'm sure this one did, too. Um, (laughs) In this case, because I didn't watch any of the the build up to this, I don't know if it made sense or what the reason was for it. Um, There was was no build up. Okay, so they just did it for shits and giggles because it was something different. Or, again, like most wrestling, they just don't know how to book a finish. So they're like, "Uh, we don't know who should win, so you both don't. Um, Yeah. Most recently, it made sense because of the story they're telling and what they were doing when in AEW. This, Mm -hmm. I would have liked to see someone fucking win. Like, again, if we're having a match between Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and there's no reason for someone not to win and them to go to a time other than to use it. Yeah, no, actually, no, uh, to correct myself. So there was no build up to this match, but I believe the next show they have a rematch. So I guess it kind of builds to the next show. So I guess this is the build here, essentially. Yeah, but I live in 2021 uh, wrestling mindset where we don't care about what the next match is. We want satisfaction Mm. now. Yeah, I need it now. Yeah, don't look into the future about what this could set up. We don't do that as wrestling Mm -hmm. fans. This is upsetting. You're, you're, you're speaking nonsense, what you're speaking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, really good match. Really refreshing uh, amongst all the garbage on this show. But uh, What do you mean? The rest of the show is just classic after classic. Yeah, I mean, nothing says classic uh, five-star wrestler like The Sandman. Fucking right. In 1995. <laughs> like you said, the uh, ECW world title match. It's kind of thrown in the middle here. We have uh, the champion, Shane Douglas, versus the Sandman. Um, So ultimately, the match, what happened in the match, doesn't really matter, I guess, other than the finish. So basically, here's the story leading up to it. Uh, So the last show, this match occurred, the same match. Mm -hmm. And uh, Woman came out with Sandman. But Woman cost Sandman the match and uh, allowed Shane Douglas to win. So, uh, but I'm guessing at that point, Shane Douglas didn't have a WWF contract. So, so I'm guessing because the story doesn't really make sense. So you think one show woman's turning on Sandman to help Shane Douglas, but here we have woman turning on Shane Douglas to help Sandman. You might think, oh, maybe it's just a big elaborate plan. But at that point, it's like, why not? Why would woman just not help Sandman in the first match? So it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But to me, it seems like this is all an audible to uh, get the title off of Shane Douglas. Because like I mentioned, Shane, uh, I believe he because de- this show is in what May, and Shane Douglas debuts in WWF in July. So okay, yeah, um, I don't think that's it at all. All right, tell tell me what it is. I, I'm fairly certain <clears throat> that Shane Douglas, um had promised woman certain things that uh, he was not able to deliver on. And when Uh that happened, 
she realized that the much better, well-rounded lover in Sandman was uh, the one she should have stayed with and went back to. Uh, I hear that Shane Shane is no Taz in the package department. You see that, like, Sandman? I think Sandman has the ugliest penis. Like, think of all the torment he's... I guess maybe at this point, maybe it's still kind of fresh. Let me ask Um, you a question. I mean, maybe you, because looking at you, probably, but... Have you ever had anyone tell you that you had a pretty penis? I've never heard a woman say that's a pretty penis. Most women say all dicks are ugly. Stop sending me dicks. So like Uh having an ugly penis, I don't think is an issue. I mean, they don't say that to me. You see that online in the IWC, like they get dick pics in their DMS and they're like, nobody really wants a dick in their DMS except for Kenny. No. Send all dick pics to Kenny. At Kenny for your thoughts or at AKFYT wrestling. Um, I don't, I don't think anybody said I had a pre- pretty penis. I, t- I mean, it's fine, I guess. Circumcised. Um, it's pretty much it's pretty much all the same color. Um, but we're talking about Sandman's penis, not mine. Uh, his, if not at this point, it's got to have barbed wire, spike scars, and burn scars. So and ribbed for your pleasure. Just sleeping out of his hole. What you're saying? It's ribbed. I don't know if anybody's getting pleasure out of it, but it's boy howdy, it's ribbed. And he uh, knows how to use a kendo stick. Well, he needs it to replace his penis. I think he uses the kendo <laughs> stick because instead of a and dildo. See, what I think. Shane Douglas couldn't compete with the kendo stick. Right now, it's all making. I feel like Shane Douglas probably has a good cock on him. <laughs> Seems like he has a lot of uh, like all that confidence. You, you hear him talk, especially at this point. Like that sounds like a guy that has a, a, a hammer on him. Thoughts? Um, I feel the opposite. Uh, and the reason why is, as we've heard, again, from Tommy Dreamer, the man that Shane Douglas hates most in the world and tried to emulate had a hammer on him. Uh, mm. So maybe that's the issue, is Shane's like, I can never be this man because he's so much bigger than I am. So you're saying he's the... overcompensating. Uh... You're saying the infamous heat between Shane Douglas and Ric Flair all stems from uh, penis envy? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm I'm just confirming. Inside information right here. Inside woman. So this match happens and uh, Sandman. So as we kind of touched on, pardon the pun, uh, a woman costs... So, so Shane Douglas has Sandman in a sleeper, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Shane Douglas has Sandman in a sleeper. A uh, woman whacks Shane in the back of the legs with the kendo stick, causing Shane Douglas to topple over. And Sandman lands on him and gets the pin. Now, you're listening to this in audio land, maybe. And you're like, well, I don't think you did a good job of describing that finish. Well, I'm going to tell you the finish, if you watch it, is just as confusing and stupid, so it's not my fault. Um, but Sandman wins here, becomes the ECW World Champion. I don't believe is his first. I think it's his first time as the Extreme Championship Wrestling World Champion. Uh, he would go on to be like one of the most prolific World Champions of the company. So, a uh, big moment here for him. So, woman, I guess, is back with Sandman, and uh, after the match, Shane gets on the mic. Um, he's basically like. I'm going to go somewhere where I can actually wrestle and you guys can kiss my ass. So uh, hindsight 2020, 
maybe he should just stayed here in uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah. But uh, no shit. He puts on he puts on a Monday Night Raw t shirt, which is hilarious, and just uh does a little CM Punk and hops the rail and leaves through the crowd. So uh, yeah, good little piece so, of business there, right? Again, like you were the face of a company. The start of a revolution. You were the man that took the Eastern Championship wrestling belt, the NWA title, and threw it in the trash and raised up the banner for Extreme Championship wrestling. That was you. And you decided that you were going to go to New York and not do shit and get Dean even Douglas. more bitter. Yeah, Dean Douglas. Great gimmick. <laughs> I haven't seen I that mean- before. Dream dream match, Dean Douglas versus Matt Stryker, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. And uh, Andre Chase now. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. That's, that's the match people want to see. I guess so, we still could. I, I just realized something. You and I have a, uh, a shared distaste for a certain WCW, well, multiple WCW wrestlers. Uh, both Hacksaw, Jim mm-hmm. Duggan, and possibly the worst character ever, Kevin Sullivan. Yes. Correct. Um, and woman was married to Kevin Sullivan. Right. Okay. At this point, so, right? She was. I, I possibly. I listen. I'm not going to get into the logistics of their relationship and the fact that she was never his manager and always was some other dude, or the mm-hmm. possible Cornette connections there. So, um, I just have a feeling she has a bad taste in men, and that's what was going on here. <laughs> Is you you, you yeah. look at Kevin Sullivan, then you, she jumps from Shane Douglas to Sandman, or from Sandman to Shane Douglas back to Sandman. She ends up with Ric Flair and some kind of weird foursome uh, with Deborah McMichaels and Miss Elizabeth later on. Just mm-hmm. terrible taste in men. That's man, Nancy Benoit has bad taste in men. That's that's the headline, folks. See, I was Matthew trying Ritter not to go there. Of the Smack that, Roll podcast. You notice that's the one name I didn't say? She was asking for it, I guess, right? No, I'm with you. No, I'm with you. Whoa, I don't, whoa, I don't whoa, particularly whoa, agree with that whoa, opinion, whoa, but whoa, hey, whoa. you know, that's fine. Whoa. I don't really, this is, this is the words of my guest, not me. So, uh, did not it. say that. <clears throat> so, yeah, how do we go on from that? Wow. <laughs> well, no better way to transition. From a double homicide uh, suicide, then to uh, talk a little bit about the public enemy. Nah, 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 nah. Right? Right, everybody? So, uh, yeah. Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock are uh, the tag team champions at this point, the public enemy, facing off against the Pitbulls, which, of course, is a team comprised of Pitbull number one and Pitbull number two. Uh, so this got a little tag team match here. Rocco Rock newly uh, got a new haircut on him, shaves. Uh, my first takeaway is that he looked a lot like Mark Marrow coming Ooh, out there, like a fat Mark Marrow. Yeah, it was like the team of Mark Marrow and Wolfgang uh, versus the Pitbulls. So uh, Tiny Chronic, as I like to call them, and uh, <laughs> I don't think they're that tiny. But for whatever reason, they keep getting paired with these giants, so they they keep looking tiny. Um, are, you, are you saying that Public Enemy are giants? They're they're uh, the ninth and tenth wonders of the world, I think, is what they're called. Oh, okay. 
So they're like uh, yeah. Andre Giants, Andre the Giants' leg- illegitimate child, children. Yes, I think I think you know that I, I think that's what they actually said on the mic earlier that we couldn't pick up is that we're doing this for Daddy Andre. That statement was so ridiculous, I couldn't get it out properly. Like my brain could not <laughs> function. The idea that the public enemy are Andre the Giant's illegitimate children. It's like, nope, does not compute, mm-hmm. not coming out. I think that was a storyline they told in Japan. So you probably, which as you have put it on your podcast, does not exist. So Japan um, exists, just not New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's uh, Santa's Village. Oh, it's oh I see. I see. What's... I don't believe in any of those ICUP championships. Right. <laughs> it's all It's all fairy tales. Yeah all fairy tales um but uh again this match it starts off kind of like okay we're seeing rocco rock hit a lion salt we're seeing uh pitbull number two do a really impressive military military press onto rocco rock tossing him outside through a table um but at some point that spot he barely barely caught that table like i was actually for the first time in my life slightly worried about rocco rock's health yeah, well, he's passed now, so you don't have to be too worried. Um, but at some point, this match... <laughs> so fuck him, right? So at some point, this match uh, kind of just breaks down. We got, you know, trash cans, trash can lids, chairs. It's very ECW. It's kind of like mindless violence for a lot of this. Got people fighting in the crowd. Uh, but ultimately, it kind of works its way back to the ring. Pitbull number two sets up a table in the ring, but ultimately he gets put through it by Johnny Grunge, who it's a Vader bomb through the table, which looked kind of kind of nice, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pitbull number two eventually fights back, though, and uh, pile drives Johnny Grunge onto the concrete. A little CTE action for you. Just a healthy dose. Uh, so Pitbull number two is bleeding. Everybody's kind of bleeding in this match. They're kind of just fighting all over the place. Uh, but the crowd seems into it, so it's with the context, yeah. with the context of the times and all that. ECW crowds love murder. They want to see they want to see someone get killed. The two matches yeah. that they were the most excited for was the choose your own death match and this one with CTE. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this or if the choose your own death match had more blood, but uh, those were the two notes I took for this match was. Rocco Rock barely went through that table, and there's a lot of blood. Like somebody yeah. got AIDS tonight. <laughs> oh, easily. I think they just. Yeah. I think if everybody has AIDS, then it's it's like a, a what do you call it herd immunity. I think that's how it works. Oh, oh, herd immunity. So just. <laughs> I think that's what herd immunity is. Is everybody gets AIDS, so nobody uh, dies of it. If he so. has AIDS and he has AIDS and she has AIDS, and the AIDS just cancel each other out. Yeah, negative. Times a negative equals a positive. That's math. Come on, keep up. (laughs) HIV negative times HIV positive. (laughs) HIV null and void. Yep. Yep. Look, we don't make math up. We just work with what we got. So I've got to be honest with you. I'm really happy I'm getting to do your last podcast ever with you because after this, (laughs) (laughs) dude. God, I hope I Uh, uh, hope this. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Hopefully this one never uh, surfaces once I become president. So, um, but any whoozle. So we got uh, the finish kind of, it kind of peters out. Honestly, uh, the pit bulls go for a super bomb 
on Rocco Rock, but Rock counters into a Frankensteiner. Almost gets the win for the public enemy, uh, but uh, does not because they kick out or whatever happens. Somebody throws a plastic dinosaur in the ring. I forget what happens. Uh, but Johnny Grunge grabs one of the Pitbull's chains, uh, hits one of them, one of the Pitbull's with it, lays them out, hits the other Pitbull with a reverse DDT, kind of. Uh, the Rocco Rock goes for the drive-by, which is like a senton, but he misses. But uh, after he kind of just like, oh, I missed that move. Here, let me just roll you up anyway and get the win. So that's what happens. Rocco Rock rolls up one of the pit bulls for a win out of nowhere. And uh, the public enemy retain the titles. Thoughts? Nah, 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 nah. There it is. <laughs> um, Again, it was another ECW, I mean, fun trash match. Like. It's like going and watching a Megan Fox Transformers movie. You know it's not going to be good, but you're going to be You're going to jerk off anyways, right? You're well, not so. necessarily going to understand everything that happened, but at the end of it, you're not going to walk out of the theater upset, so. <clears throat> yeah, very true. But uh, I'll tell you what upset me is when okay. I looked at this card and I saw 911 versus Ron Simmons. I was hyped for it, especially... Because the last show, they had this whole deal where they were like trading choke slams. Like they were like Ron would choke slam five jobbers, and then 911 would choke slam five jobbers, and then they try to choke slam each other. I was like, wow, this is going to be a really fun match to watch once these guys collide. But again, this match just cuts midway through it or however long through it. Only like 15 seconds of it is shown. And that 15 seconds is basically they're on the uh, they're in the they're in the corner on like the second rope and 911 choke slams Ron Simmons off the second rope and gets the win. So, again, it's like another layer to this is that Ron Simmons, like Shane Douglas, will be in WWF within a matter of months. So I don't know if that's why they kept this short or what, but uh yeah, I kind of would rather have seen this be a little longer. Maybe shave some time off of uh, Mikey Whipwreck versus Steve Richards. Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, no, I believe Ron Simmons will be wearing a uh, teal gladiator outfit in a few months. Farouk Assad, right? Yeah, that'll be fun. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it's it. It's weird. Only good it's stuff. just, again, the way they start in the middle of Matt, like, was there some sort of time restraint back in the day of VHS where they were like, we can only get so many matches on here, so we're going to just cut these out. 15 seconds. Like, I don't. It wasn't. Yeah. It was a, what, a two guess, hour pay-per-view. Yeah, about that. I mean, yeah. Maybe with VHSs, maybe. I mean, it's a finite amount of material within the VHS, right? So, yeah, maybe they had to. Maybe they did have a time restraint because you can't have B side, A side to a VHS. So or maybe you could. Yeah. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I am no, 12 because, years old, as you mentioned. Uh, Titanic came out on two VHSs, so you had to. It was a double right. movie to fit all. But of But there the were two separate Titanic in there. Yeah. yeah. So, no B sighting. I guess nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna buy a a dual VHS set of Hostile City Takeover 1995. I guess. Not for 911 um, versus Ron Simmons and a little more of Tony Stenson versus Genjin. Well, speak for yourself. First of all, <laughs> I would buy the. The Subo Genjin VHS best of, you know, you know, so. I feel bad 
and I apologize because I listened to your last episode and you get these great guests like uh, Frank Mandolini who have such beautiful insight into like the wrestling world. You guys sucked off AJ Styles for like 15 minutes. It was fantastic. Yeah, and you get me on here and all we talk about is AIDS and dicks. So <laughs> I feel like I'm not really living up to the charm of some of your other more uh, analytical guests. I don't know what you're talking. First of all, I'm, I'm looking up Subo Genjin because it's going to bother <laughs> me not knowing like what he, what he amounted to. So he doesn't have an actual Wikipedia. Uh, let's see here. That, that should tell okay, you a so lot he's, about what he amounted to. So 5'9", uh, 213. Wait, hold on. I'm going to make a cage match. <laughs> so he's 52 years old. I guess he's still alive. That's good. Uh, is he still wrestling? I don't think he really did a lot. So uh, matches. Let's go to matches. When was oh, he's, he, his last match was in 2020. So he wrestled kind of oh. recently. Defeated Junji Tanaka by countout at the Kurishiu Pro Kumi Biabakenke Nui. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> anyways. That was impressive. <laughs> if you I were, if anybody here was reading what I was reading, that's probably pretty close. I was going to say, I, I forget you're 116th Asian. So, like. I am. 29%. Okay. That's okay. uh what? 30 that's tw- 31 is that and not the same thing in fractions is is 29% not 1/16th. I don't know. You know our math that. has been pinpoint thus far, so <laughs> I'm I'm going to trust that that's perfectly right. So um but no. <laughs> you can't you can only be so analytical on uh 911 choke slamming Ron Simmons people getting barbed wire stuck in their pee holes. Like you can only analyze that so much. So, and we're not even at the most ridiculous part of the show yet, which is the main event, which we're at now. Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk. Uh, So Terry Funk's out there. He has a white t-shirt that says cactus my ass written in Sharpie on it. Uh, I think it's, I think it's because cactus kind of sounds like kiss. Maybe in, if Eminem tried, he could make cactus and kiss rhyme. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I thought I thought Terry Funk just wanted a cactus in his ass. That could be it too. That might be a kink. I've seen Is that, that on him asking for once. it. Okay. So yeah. Um, Why did he have no audio for his? Like he came out and cut a promo, and there was literally no audio. Uh, well, he cut a promo mid-match, right? Yeah. That had some audio. He got, he grabbed the mic, and he was like, Cactus Jack. Or something I think at the beginning of the match, he had a mic, and he was yelling as Cactus Jack was coming, before Cactus Jack even came out, but there was no audio. He was just standing there holding the mic, saying stuff, and nobody heard a goddamn word he said. No, he said, uh, I'm, I'm laughing because, okay, so when I watch these shows, I do talk to text in my notes, and sometimes it doesn't get it right. So what, what Terry, or no, what Cactus Jack said, he was like, I don't want to fight you in the ring. I want to fight you in the crowd. But what my phone picked up was, I don't want to fight you in the ring. I want to fuck you in the crowd. Which, <laughs> Very guess, telling maybe. of the kind of messages you send. With <laughs> The phone's like, yeah. That's probably what he means. Um, maybe with the cactus. Maybe that's what they're fighting about is who gets the cactus in their ass. Um, so I, I think that's the stakes, actually. There's no titles on the line, uh, but winner gets a cactus in their ass. So uh, 
the fight starts and <laughs> so they do the whole thing where they like fight to uh, like the stage area or whatever, the audio, or whatever, where there's like a like a elevated platform of some sort. We see these like on all the highlights of ECW with like 911 choke slamming people off of it and stuff. Uh, they do a little spot where uh, so Funk is set up on a table and Cactus goes for a flying elbow off this this platform, but misses goes crashing through the table. Um, they fight. They, they make their way back to the ring. Eventually trash cans get involved uh, a full trash can, actually not a uh, not a gimmick trash can that's under the ring where it's just a clean, open trash can. No, it's a trash can that has trash in it. God mm-hmm. knows what's in there. Um, <laughs> Funk pulls out a glass bottle and breaks it over the head of Cactus Jack, just pulls it out of this trash can is probably dip spit or whatever in it, breaks it up and uh, slices Jack's arm with it and it just yeah. digs it into his arm. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I watched wrestling. this at about two in the morning with my one year old daughter. So uh, <laughs> as I finished this, she woke up uh, in the middle of the night um, and I was like, you know, what would be a great bonding experience for father daughter uh, Cactus Jack, Terry Funk, ECW. Of course. Uh, really glad I got to have this moment with her where, you know, people are getting hit with toilet lids and carved up with beer bottles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The toilet lid was the best part of this match, actually. That was, again, my favorite weapon that they used the entire night. Like, tiny dinosaurs in the crotch, great. But when you could hit somebody with a toilet lid, you've mm-hmm. sold me. Yeah. Yeah, that's did someone from the crowd bring that? Yes, and it was used. I'm just trying to put myself in the mindset of like, like you're t- you're like sitting there like taking a shit or whatever, and you're like, wait a minute, and like a light bulb goes off. You're like, I could take this lid off, and then they can use this in the main event of the wrestling show that I'm going to. But maybe that's the mindset of the '90s. Who knows? I was only a, a wee two year old at this point, so wasn't the kind. Of, I was. I mean, I shit you know, just in my pants. So didn't really have those thoughts. Um, anyways, See, now so <laughs> they had brought, if they had brought you to the show, they could have taken your mm-hmm. diaper and Terry could have hit cactus with the diaper. Yeah. And I am notorious for dense dumps. So that would have really knocked somebody out. Um, in 1995 here, it probably would have been less disgusting than what was ever in the bottom of that trash can and in that bottle that he got hit with. So, yeah, oh, there's definitely at least one full diaper in that trash can, I guarantee you. Yeah. Uh, probably from the grown men that are in the audience. I was going to say adult diaper. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the match, is again, it's more just weapons, weapons, weapons. It's entertaining for what it is. Um, at one point, so Funk has control. Like, I forget what exactly. I think it's the bottle that has... Uh, Cactus Jack pretty much laid out at this point. Mm-hmm. Terry Funk, he's kind of slapping him. He's disrespecting him. He's bleeding on the ground. He grabs the mic and says something. I don't know what he says. Doesn't matter. It's Terry Funk. So it's blah, 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 blah. and then uh, Mikey Whipwreck comes out, who is the uh, partner of Cactus Jack. I think they even teamed together on the show we covered. Um, mm-hmm. Mikey Whipwreck comes out, tries to make the save, uh, but Terry Funk just shits all over his life and kicks the hell out of them, throws them over the guardrail. Uh, but in comes Hack Myers to make the save, but the same thing happens to him. Terry Funk just 
deposits of him uh, rather easily. So poor, poor Shah just getting disrespected out here. Uh, I know. I hate to see it. But twice uh, in one night. He got Dude. robbed by Public Enemy and then this shit. <laughs> Hack Myers only has so much and just taking it all away from him. The Shah of ECW. But, uh, you know, we see all these barbed wire and the glass bottles and the toilet seats. I know what you're thinking. What could come after that? Well, the answer is a spinning toehold from Terry <laughs> Funk. <laughs> and, uh, which uh, it gets... You're ready for it. You're ready for it. I saw it in your eyes. But um, Cactus counters into it or counters the spinning toehold into a roll up for a two count. So now we got some good Greco Roman uh, catches catch can wrestling here to close the show. Uh, they get back up. Cactus Jack hits a DDT onto a steel chair that's in the ring. But in comes the Sandman to uh, basically save Terry Funk at this point to prevent the to prevent the pinfall um, hits him with the Singapore cane over and over again. And at this point, I believe the bell well, actually. So the finish is fucking dumb here. So I think the bell rings when Sandman gets in there and starts beating up cactus Jack. Mm-hmm. But then after the bell rings, Terry funk hits Jack with a DDT makes a pinfall and then the referee, who has already left at this point, kind of comes back, is just standing outside and lazily just <laughs> makes yeah. a pit, like whatever, I guess you win or however the referee talks. Um, so I guess in the record books, Terry Funk gets the win. Um, but just a weird, weird finish there. Um, yeah, they had no idea what the fuck they were doing. I don't know who gave them the signal to <laughs> ring the bell. I don't understand where all of this DQ nonsense is coming in when, again, deathmatch it, like literally broken beer bottles and toilet seats, but all of the sudden Sandman coming in and we're ringing the bell as if it's a DQ because that was over the yeah. line. Like that was, that was one step over the line with Sandman. Um, <clears throat> I've got a little, like, I, got, I got a couple notes here. So uh, what I know we haven't finished because obviously this, there's a grand finale coming up, but uh, there sure is. In a time where COVID exists and masks mandates exist and everything, to see these people in such close proximity sharing all of this blood uh, really just kind of affected me in a different way. Um, just there's a dude smoking a cigar in the front row during the match, like what an asshole. indoors. So it's it's weird to see how far we've come as a society uh, as far as personal health goes, um, and I do appreciate yeah. that. Also, I appreciate the fact that, as you said, uh, they gave us the excellent spinning toe hold in this match. <laughs> that's what people come to see. It is. But yes, the mat, that's the match. But we're not done here. Mm. Um, the grand finale, as you put it. So Sandman continues to beat on Cactus with a Singapore cane. Um, he, he pours something on Cactus Jack. It looked to me like a 40, but Joey Styles says it's like lighter fluid. I don't know if it really matters. Shout out to Joey Styles because he is up on that balcony and he can smell lighter fluid in the ring from that distance away. He's got a hell of a sniffer on him. (laughs) He's got a hell of a sniffer on him. He sure does. That's what he's known for after all. Um, So we got 
you know, cactus is covered in this substance, whatever it is, a flammable substance, whatever it is. And uh, what is this? What happens after this? Well, Terry Funk comes back. I guess he had left at some point. I didn't even notice. But he comes back from the backstage area holding a branding iron that is on fire. Huge flame at the end of it. And um, tries to set Mick Foley on fire. Um, For whatever reason, he's going balls first, too. I don't know if you noticed this, but whenever... (laughs) I did. Whenever Terry Funk would try to prod him with the branding iron that's on fire, he would go right for his dick. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but um, at Funk University, uh, Funk U, if you will, um, uh-huh. one of the majors you can take is cock and ball torture. Um, oh. So as the professor who teaches uh, the master class in cock and ball torture, uh, it made uh-huh. perfect sense for me uh, that Mr. Terry Funk went directly for the genitals with the branding iron because if you want to leave your stamp anywhere, that's where. Like, Mrs. Foley's baby boys. <laughs> Man, you, you were trying to tell me that you couldn't provide the in-depth analysis. Well, you just have an egg on your face because that was just uh, beautifully, a beautiful soliloquy describing the, uh, the, uh, the themes, the ethos and the pathos that we saw in this main event here. I, I have a minor in wrestling penis, so... You sure you just don't have a minor penis? Well, that too, but we didn't need to okay. again, say that on air. Um, Sorry, I, I forget that between us. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut that out. Don't worry. We'll cut that Appreciate out. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. I, I definitely will not put that um, at the very beginning. So uh, all of us could have a pretty penis like you. Look, it's, it's an OK penis. Like, it's nothing special. I don't have a penis that you can just whip out. Right. So you know, I have can, to. Is, is the softest part of the ring? in the building no she is not because i'd like to get her commentary on this i can ask um you think i won't but i'll clip this (laughs) and i'll ask her and then i'll uh (laughs) um so yeah well anybody listening don't worry we will have an update uh at some points maybe i'll put in the outro or something but hey baby what what part of my penis made you say yes when i proposed (laughs) trying to think i don't really have any like some people have like a big mushroom you know uh some people have like a really like a botox shaft i think i just pretty much have uh basic cable i'm all girth no length so man you're lucky i want you to promote your podcast otherwise i would just end the recording right there (laughs) (laughs) i literally was like ah no way um but speaking of girth and no, well, no, um, <laughs> smacking it raw, very on brand with this episode for sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for uh, making the time to watch this grainy ass show and come on and uh, discuss it in length. Uh, where can everybody find you if they, uh, for whatever reason, <clears throat> whatever reason, care to listen to you some more? Yeah, no, after this episode, no one's going to watch our show. Um, <laughs> you guys can find me. At Matt Ritter, there's at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R on Twitter. Uh, also, we have a Twitter and Instagram at Smack and Raw Pod that you guys can find us, so go follow us there. My co-host Vince runs the Instagram, so if it sucks, blame him. Um, also, Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Smack and Raw. And if you go to at Matt Ritter, there are link trees there that'll get you the audio version and the video versions, which are on YouTube. And, of course, Pornhub, because we are the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. And you can see Kyle there. 
You can see Frank Mandolini there. Uh, you mm-hmm. can see a lot of familiar faces from this show and other shows, except for Kenny, because apparently Kenny was too pretty for Pornhub, so they kicked him off. Oh, man. Yeah, you got to pay for Pornhub Premium to see that episode, I think, actually, is yeah. what the what the deal is. Um, But yeah, man, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got. I don't know how we we uh, we end the show after talking about uh, flaming pee holes and cock and balls. Uh, if you if you had like a one, you know, like how like Jerry Springer would have a final thought on his shows. Uh, what what are your f- final thoughts uh, given what we've seen here today? <sighs> final thoughts given what we've seen here today, ladies and gentlemen. You only have so much blood in the body. Um, it is my suggestion that you do not share it with others or mm-hmm. spill it for the entertainment of others. Uh, there are many diseases that can be caught. Um, so if you will ever find yourself in a situation with barbed wire baseball bats or a choose-your-own-adventure death match or a crazy old man from Texas with a flaming branding iron who's covered you in a bottle of Sandman's piss and is trying to light you on fire, um, <laughs> seek medical attention immediately. That's a, that's a word from for Matt Ritter. Thank you all for joining us today. Peace and love. Uh, I'm all girth, no length. So, well, once again, thank you to Matt from the Smackin' at Raw podcast uh, for, uh, well, for canceling this podcast, I guess. So, uh, it's been a good run, folks. <laughs> Jesus titty fucking Christ. That was a, uh, that was an episode. That was one for the ages, but, uh, always a good time with the Ridmeister. Uh, go check out his podcast, the smacking it raw podcast. Like I said, on YouTube, on Pornhub. That's not a joke, by the way, it's actually on Pornhub. If you want to go check it out as you're, uh, beating your Johnson or, you know, whatever genitals you have, uh, <laughs> what? Pornhub, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, a really, really great podcast. It's one of my go-tos every week. They do uh, a weekly rundown of wrestling, all the major stuff, all the news and rumors. Go check that out. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all I got for y'all today. Once again, apronbump.com for all my episodes, all my social media. Check me out on YouTube. By the way, if you're not checking out the YouTube versions of these episodes, uh, you're missing out on some uh, lovely, bald, bearded men. Uh, Sorry, that was uh, that was Matt sending me a picture of his cock. Um, But yeah, go check that out. Give my videos a like, even if you don't actually watch. Just go fucking hit play, hit the hit the thumbs up and just walk away and go do whatever it is you do. Uh, Bocce ball crochet you know whatever whatever your hobby is go do that and just have this on in the background it's fine you're fine just do it bitch um anyways thank you guys so much for listening i love you all (laughs) i'm hard